Therapeutic separation is a topic that is sometimes controversial and, you know, even concerning to those standing on the outside looking in on the distress in the marriage of perhaps some loved ones. However, when it is set up correctly and strategically implemented, it can be a useful tool in the healing journey of couples that find themselves in some particular kinds of tough spots. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you are looking for. We have a cautious but thoughtful episode for you this week. This is episode number 184, and today we're going to be talking about therapeutic separation. Hey there, before you get started, if you missed last week's episode, we discussed how your parents' alcoholism affects your marriage today. Definitely worth going back and checking out. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. And remember, if you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice, even for difficult topics like today's. And most of all, we offer hope. Again, even on a very difficult matter like separation. So let's get into this for Linda. Okay. And I think we should state very clearly at the start that our vision is to help people create thriving, passionate marriages. Mm -hmm. At the same time, we do realize that folks often come to our podcast or our website or to us for counseling in a great deal of distress, right? Yeah, that's when they reach out. Yeah. So when we're talking about therapeutic separation today, this is with the goal of restoring your marriage as long as it is safe to do so. Mm Mm-hmm. And again, on that safety note, if you're in an abusive situation, a different approach is necessary for you or a a more nuanced approach, I should say, please see our shows on abuse starting with episode 123. That's the shortcut to that is oaf.link slash 123. Just type that into your web browser. And uh, in that case, you would likely still pursue separation, but you will not be as safe to do so in the way that we're about to describe. Okay. Yeah. So what is therapeutic separation? Well, uh, there's a helpful framework set up by a researcher, Ward, in 2011, is Ward is the name, for a trial separation and circumstances under which that may be useful. It's defined as a fixed period of separation, during which time the divorce, the decision to divorce or stay together is postponed. It's actually, and I would say more when I use this, it's on the basis of divorces off the table while okay. we're doing this therapeutic separation. That creates the safety and the space for this. And we're going to explain the reasons or the times when you would do this in a moment, but divorce is off the table so that the therapeutic separation has not become a preamble or a step towards divorce or even a trial of what it would be like to live without your spouse. That's Mm. not a therapeutic separation. If that's why you're doing it, that's a separation, but it's not a therapeutic separation. So the therapeutic separation is always set up with a view to restoration. And that has to be a sincere commitment for both parties that we're, we know why we're doing this and we agree on this. Okay. And it's amazing to me that even in very distressed marriages, you do get this, like where the couple knows, you know what, we have to make our marriage work. We're committed to our marriage, mm-hmm. but what we're doing or where we're at right now, this is really bad. And, and so they will say, they will often make this agreement and often, you know, in, in reality, I guess I would say it's more often promoted by one spouse than the other. Mm-hmm. Often the one that's more motivated towards recovery, maybe because they're in more pain. 
Oh, okay. okay. Uh, but they will engage with it saying, you know what? I'm, this is not the end. It's not about divorce. This is something we have to do so that we can make our marriage work. Okay. And, and so part of the objective of a therapeutic separation then is to address the negative feelings, often very strong, that one or both of you might have about staying in the marriage. It can be used also as an intervention if one spouse is really not accepting, for example, the reality of their own addiction problem, or they're not willing to address the hurtful ways in that they're, that they're interacting with their spouse, like an abusive spouse. Okay. This can be a way to show them, you know what, this is actually, you're always blaming this on me, but you need to know how serious this is. I'm going to take a step back because I can't actually physically, sanely continue in this relationship for now. Okay. Still a therapeutic separation, right? Yeah. Even in that context. Now, talking about this makes my wife nervous. Yeah, I don't. Here I am sitting with my arms crossed. Oh, yeah, getting all defensive. Well, I don't know that I agree with this stuff, so I'm still listening. Okay. You're welcome to object. All right. So I only recommend therapeutic separations for two situations, and I don't recommend it for all of these automatically like it's not like a, all of the people in it, these situations you yeah mean? And, okay yeah so if you're in this situation and you're worried that i'm going to re- recommend this well i may but i don't force it on anybody i don't require it mm-hmm. for these two situations you know what I, I would say i may expand this list in the future but on the flip side not just to make my wife comfortable but <laughs> <laughs> i'm also a very firm believer in helping couples solve their conflict in their marriage rather than splitting them up and trying to help them reconvene mm-hmm mm-hmm so, I mean, we've heard some crazy stuff. Like you need to, you guys need to separate for a while and go, you know, have your thing with go somebody else. Go date other people. Yeah. yeah. That's the, the dumbest advice that we've ever heard. Yeah. So the way, the way that you fix marriage problems is not by introducing jealousy and competition and other affairs. And no. It, that's ridiculous, right? Yes. That's what, not what this is about. But the two situations in which I will consider recommending a therapeutic separation are one, uh, if there's emotional and or physical abuse happening. Okay. Abusers are most motivated to work on their issues when they're separated from their spouse. It may also even be necessary for the safety of the wife and children. Mm-hmm. And I'll almost always recommend a safety plan in this kind of situation that involves a therapeutic separation. And along with that, we'll then work on while they're separated, developing the awareness of the survivor or in the survivor that she off most often, but sometimes he will need in order to know if and when they can safely re-enter cohabitation with their spouse. Okay. Okay. You just said at the beginning that if you're in an abusive relationship, this won't necessarily, or you need a nuanced. So the nuanced thing is more about developing that safety plan. The safety plan. plan. Like you can't talk about this with your spouse and figure out all the details and whatever. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the next situation I'm going to talk about is like when there's sex or, or porn addiction, less common on the porn side. I'll explain that in a moment. Okay. But you know, in the sex and porn addiction realm, you know, we're up front with both parties about, okay, have you guys considered this? Uh, this may be necessary and I'll, I'll get to that in a sec. Okay. But that's a very different situation from where you're, you know, if, if an abusive husband knows, for example, his wife is going to leave, he may try to beat her into staying. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's not a discussion you're having with two parties. Right. Okay. You're helping her develop a safety plan. That's very detailed. And again, this is what we go into in those other episodes or went into in the past. Yeah. So it's, it's just a much different approach for, for that situation. So that's what you mean. Okay. Yeah. Now, sex addiction, uh, very commonly, porn addiction, less so. Okay. The sex one may actually be necessary for the safety of the spouse, the physical safety of the spouse in the sense of sexually transmitted diseases. Okay. Right? Often as well, there's a ton of trauma on the betrayed spouse. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, while we like to have a 
carefully planned disclosure process. Folks in this situation will often come to therapy with already having had a partial disclosure mm-hmm. or maybe even a, a protracted, a staggered disclosure, like one that has gone on little bits over time. Okay. And there can just be so much distress and trauma that like she's got all five alarms going all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming she's the betrayed spouse and he's the addict, but that's not necessarily the case. Mm -hmm. Could be the other way around. And, and he's defensive or he's still in his minimizing or blaming part of his addiction. And sometimes you need, you need to set up the therapeutic separation so that he gets a real taste of, okay, this is where your addiction is taking you to, mm, to being okay. alone yeah. outside of your family, outside of your social circles. And she needs room to not have somebody in her life that represents an incredible threat, reminding her the of that her over and over. all the time. Oh, okay. Okay. Just so she can get her feet back under. Her. And again, it could be he and her, her and he or whatever, right? So there's a lot of trauma. There's a lot of reactivity in the coupleship. And that separation can give, can give everyone some space to just get grounded, work on, start working on his recovery or her recovery, and then the healing of the other, of the partner. So they can come back together as a couple with less volatile interactions and begin to work on healing. And often, again, we'll set this up so that it's a specific period of time. We both agree. Nobody's talking about divorce. It's off the table right now. Okay. This We're, is for healing. We are doing this for healing the marriage. Okay. So that's what the therapeutic separation yes. is different yes. than just yes. a separation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, other therapists may recommend therapeutic separation for a wider variety of circumstances. The For myself and the, and the therapists that I employ at OIF here, our approach, you know, other than the, the ones I've indicated, our approach is to heal the couple together, mm-hmm. not to, to split them apart. So we'll, we'll take you where you're at and we'll work with you guys in your situation. If you're outside of these two situations, if you're in these two situations, then we may well recommend this. Okay. So these are the only the only two circumstances so far where we've seen separation almost as a necessity, certainly in the abuse case, mm-hmm. probably close to 100% of the time. In the sex or porn addiction, a reasonable percentage of the time, but less than 100, much less than 100. Okay. Yeah. So those are the two circumstances that we recommend. We'll, we'll recommend it as needed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, how does it actually help? What are the benefits of this? Well, one thing is it can help really understand, really acknowledge the seriousness of problems. Sometimes you don't see that until you're about to lose something that's very precious mm-hmm. to you, you okay. that you've taken for granted, right? Yeah. But it can also be helpful or validating for both spouses to see that you're each willing to go to extreme lengths to try and save the marriage. Oh. So separation can kind of create a crisis point, which shakes the couple out of denial and forces them to take action to save the marriage. Huh. Okay. Which is counterintuitive, but if you think about it, and if you think about setting the terms around this of, you know what, divorce is off the table, but this is how serious this is and how much I want, we need to make this work, how important this is to me that yeah. we have to separate. Now it's okay. It's actually pointing energy back into the marriage, even though there's it looks scary because they're moving apart. Okay. All it right. can also offer some relief from unproductive conflict, from negative cycles of interaction that you've really fallen into, where you're just kind of fighting over bits of stuff on the surface and not really getting to what you need to get to. And that kind of ongoing conflict and bad habits in these kinds of circumstances can end up damaging the marriage or at least damaging one spouse. I'm thinking more of the abuse situation now. Okay. More being together and staying in that than than the possible risks associated from being apart for a time. Did that make sense there? Um, I don't know if I just wasn't following you or if you didn't make sense. So I'm saying that... Uh, there's a risk associated with separation. Yes. Okay? Yes. So I'm not denying that. And I'm saying that that 
the risk to the to the marriage in in these kind of circumstances can sometimes be greater staying together than the risk of separating. separating. Okay, because if you time. stay in that same cycle, the marriage isn't going to make it. Yes, Is that what you're correct. saying? Okay. You're just going to get so weary of each other. So if you can separate, you're going to blow out at the thing. Break the cycle. Yeah. Change the interaction. Space. Okay. And uh, it can also break the tendency to take each other for granted as well. Uh, very common for addicts to take things for granted. Very common for abusive spouses to take things for granted. Okay. In fact, the, the assumption of the abusive situation is that you'll always be around for me to flog on you, oh. either verbally or physically, right? Okay. And so this can be a great reality check to think about the things you do have and to stop taking your spouse for granted. And it can also offer uh, then as well either the betrayed partner or the abused spouse a sense of independence and self-control, which can be very important for their recovery and for coming back into the relationship as peers, oh, as equals, right? As equals, yeah. Whereas in the marriage, that opportunity may not be able to, you may not be able to create that while you are together. You may need to step back, find that and step back in with that. Okay. So you're saying in the marriage, but I think you mean like... In cohabitation. Cohabitation. Okay. Because even when usually, they're separated, they're still in the marriage. Yes, they are. You're, you're right. I don't, I just don't usually use the word. It's either like it's you're cohabiting or you're married. So it oh, seems weird I to see. use the cohabiting word. In marriage. Yeah, that's yes. true. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Other benefits may include perspective, of course. So separation can provide a cooling off period for couples who see their difficulties as insurmountable. So the, the time apart can allow spouses to deeply reflect on the marriage more objectively and without the pressure of being in conflict all the time. When, right. you, when you get okay. that new perspective, you get some life experience from living apart. Couples may come to change the way they act, the way they feel about each other. It just puts you in a better place for a successful reconciliation. Okay. There can also be new learning when you're away from the stress of conflict. New learning, clarifying your values. Mm. Acknowledging that there are choices. Couples can learn to identify their own needs, or I should actually say spouses, their own needs more clearly, right? And that can give you more constructive communication when you're back together. Like you take a step back, you gain clarity, and you're able to come back in and say, okay, this is what I need. For the marriage. For the marriage, yes. That just sounds so selfish. This is what I need. You know what I mean? Yeah, but again, keep the context of where we're using this, right? I need to feel respected. Okay, okay. I need... I need you to know that these are my boundaries. If you are going to do this behavior, then these these are the options that I'm going to have to consider. That's, so that's a betrayed spouse, right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that actually moves the marriage forward because now you know what the terms are. Okay. So again, just, you know, especially again, keep the, even the new learning in context too, right? So often in the abusive situation is often the, the survivor that's leaving, for the mm-hmm. separation, right? And they have, they're just figuring out that this is what's happening to them. Like they're just learning about mm-hmm. abuse. So it gives you opportunity to understand with what's going on. Because when you're in it, it's like, you just you're so, made you so can't crazy, see it, right? you can't see it. Yes. And you get, so we, like, there's a lot of reading resources, those kinds of things where people are, and it's so empowering just to educate yourself. Okay. It can be the same thing for a, a sex addiction situation as well. And, Again, whether you know whether you're the addict or the betrayed partner in that context, it can be really hard to work, say on the addict side, hard to work on your own recovery and try to manage the fallout of what you've done at the same time. So you're trying to help this mm-hmm. individual recover from their addiction and they also have this huge 
crisis going with their marriage at the same time. And they really have no coping mechanisms, no healthy coping Uh, mechanisms, right? Okay. So it can create a little bit of space for that. And on the betrayed spouse's side, you know, you may be so triggered and traumatized that you need the space to create some calm and safety and reground yourself without being faced with the cause of the Mm -hmm. crisis all the time. So- Okay. These are very complex situations, right? And they should be navigated with a therapist. Yeah. Okay. I think I agree with that. I'll come to in a moment here. But another very important point to note at this junction is that there may be a temptation to flee the marriage to avoid the pain that's coming out of it. Right. Like all you're getting is pain. You just want out. Yes. And yet what folks often do not realize is that there's an incredible amount of pain with ending a marriage too. So a therapeutic separation can actually give you a safe place and a period of time to really assess where you're at and what you need to do to move forward. Okay. It's like, so it's what like, you were saving before, it might save the marriage. It might save the marriage. Often folks, because of the pain of the betrayal or the recognition of the abuse that's been happening, it's like, I just want out mm-hmm. and done and over and then I'll be away from all this pain. Not realizing oh, that they're jumping okay. out of one frying pan into another frying pan because it hurts really badly to end a marriage, oh. even in a marriage, even a marriage where these things are happening. Okay, there's so much loss tied to it. Huh. Yes. So again, wow. this whole idea of therapeutic separation then is something you should discuss with a qualified marriage counselor, such as myself or one of our associates here at Only You Forever, because these are such complex situations. Hmm. But as a starting point, if you'd like some help defining the terms of your separation by starting to think through the practical aspects of what that would look like, we do have a worksheet that we've designed to go along with this episode, which helps you to review things like duration, objectives, how you will communicate, counseling that you will get, children, money, and so on. It's not a simple decision. So these things will help you to thoughtfully process through decisions with a marriage counselor and begin to make sense of all that's involved here, right? Right. So this isn't just some flippant, oh, I'm moving out. No, again, this is part of what's making it therapeutic is it's a very deliberate action for the benefit of the marriage. Of the marriage. Okay. Yeah. And you can get this worksheet by becoming a patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. We'll just take a 60 second break to tell you more about that. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive, and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about ways that therapeutic separation can be helpful. You also need to know that there are some potential risks. So for example, in some cases, there may be a higher risk of infidelity while spouses are physically isolated from one another. Okay. There could also be the possibility of drifting further apart rather than coming back together. Oh, see, this is what just... Well, this is, mm. this is reality, Verlinda, because you need... This is informed... 
consent, right? So people can make their decisions, right? Mm -hmm. There is the possibility that you'll fall back into the same patterns when you reunite, which begs the question, how are you going to make this truly therapeutic, not only in its setup, but what you're doing for your growth during the time when you are apart and for your healing. Right. Okay. And, and you also have to be very deliberate not to spend the separation ruminating over past hurts and upsets in the marriage, right? If that's all you'll do, you'll convince yourself that your spouse is the enemy who's causing all your marital problems. And that can be particularly relevant if you move in with your parents or with your friends who will support you and not support your marriage. So you want people on oh. side that are going to work towards the support of the marriage. Yeah. So again, if you're doing this, you may wish to have, or you will definitely want to have some conversations, clear conversations with your closest support people just to tell them that you need support for the marriage in favor of the marriage, not just to support you selfishly. Okay. In isolation, right? Because the people closest to you that you would feel comfortable going and staying with yes. want the best for you. They want to protect you they from this evil you. person and yes. get you out of the situation. Much appreciated. Maybe not helpful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, not to, although again, like there's so many caveats around this kind of thing, which is really hard. But again, this is why we want you to talk again. to a therapist. Mm-hmm. But in an abusive situation, you may need these people to tell you and help you see what's wrong with your spouse so that you have clarity mm. about your own safety. Okay. Yeah. But how do you know the difference between that? Like, uh, well, that becomes, I... so that becomes, that goes towards accountability, right? So it's, it's the ability to hold, you know, the, in the, in the, in that situation, the abused spouse, the survivor of abuse needs to be able to gather evidence about the recovery of the abuser to know whether they're safe to move back in with her or not. Okay. And so, so when you're in the situation and you're that close to it, you don't see the behaviors, you don't see the patterns for what they are. When you take a step back, other people can help you to see that. Okay. That's useful. Yes. But even if my language here, I'm talking with a view to if possible and if safe to do so, restoring that. Right. And so, again, this is very critical to have this conversation with your helpers to say that, you know, this is my goal. This is what I hope works out is to be able to go back into this marriage and to be in it and be respected and treated yeah. like a peer yeah. and be safe and honored. And so I'm going to need you. Yes, you can tell me what I did not see and what I've been blind to. But I need you to stand with me as a support for the marriage, not just for me. Like, I don't just want to hear that my spouse is a jerk. Yes. And I need you to support me while I move back or I think about moving back towards this. Mm. Because I need to know that if that doesn't work out, I can come back here again. And I actually had uh, one time I consulted with someone on this who had a, a ton of experience with abusive marriages when I was just getting started working with folks a few years back. And, and she said, you need to tell family members that they should be prepared to, you know, have the survivor come out of and back into the relationship seven or eight times before she what seven or eight times in the case of a husband in this circumstance that's not ever going to change before she finally makes a decision that she's done for good wow wow that would be so hard as the parent or as the friend or yes but they don't i guess in that case though like the abused spouse doesn't need another controlling person in their life telling them what to do. Like they exactly. need support, but exactly. they don't need control. Exactly. So it's easy for, you know, let's say this is a, a younger wife and her dad is still living and I'm characterizing the male as the abuser again. Mm -hmm. It'd be very natural for her to to transition the, the power figure to the next male in her life, her dad. 
mm-hmm. back to him. Mm-hmm. You tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. Whereas what she really needs is to be empowered to make her own decisions, to see her own future, her own reality. Huh. Yeah. So, so again, that, okay, now we're really getting down that track of things, but yeah. So very complex, but things to think about. Let's talk about success rates for Linda. These okay. are statistics from one study. Again, remember, these are just numbers. And as our listeners today, your situation is unique, but to help you be informed, I have these stats. And again, these are stats now from, I'm going to say they're from, from research studies where they would recommend a therapeutic separation on a much wider basis than what I would do with the modalities of therapy okay. that I use. Okay. But just to give you some ideas of what's out there. A study from 2003 found that 50% of couples who decide to temporarily separate end up getting back together. Okay. These rates are true even of couples who enter a therapeutic separation with the intent of remaining married. Okay. Of those that get back together, 50% end up later divorcing. Wow. Only 25% of couples who separate end up staying in the marriage long term. And the researchers argue that it is essential for couples to use the separation time for personal growth, to learn about themselves, and to reevaluate their marriage. Otherwise, the separation achieves nothing, and the couple falls right back into their old habits as soon as they reunite. So this is why you have to be purposeful about the separation so this and is, not just separate. Exactly. This is more coming back to the issue of generic, you know, like hardly even therapeutic out. separation, but more like generic separation, right? Okay. Okay. And so that's why we're talking about therapeutic separation. There has to be a difference in your planning and execution of this if you want a different outcome. Mm -hmm. So you can't just plan the leaving part either, though. Like you have to plan the the growth part. Yes, the healing. The healing, growth, whatever, while you're apart. Yes. Okay. Yes. At the same time, if you've reached the point in your marriage where separation is something you're considering, doing nothing differently will almost certainly lead to a breakdown of the marriage. Like staying in the marriage staying where you're at. And doing nothing differently while you're in it. Okay. So when looked at that way, then separation maybe offers a significant improvement to the chance of saving the marriage. Hmm. So if you don't want to separate, do you have a better option? And you may, like, you know, if you're not in the two situations I mentioned, you're like, okay, we got to dig in and get a proper marriage therapist and get going on this. Yeah. That's a good choice. Yeah. And you don't need to separate, right? But if something is so bad that you're considering a therapeutic separation... And yet you don't want to do that. Just make sure you come up with something better, like a couple's intensive, a serious commitment to marriage therapy, something like that. Do something. Yeah. Not just like a weekend away at, you know, the Hilton, like do something like therapeutic Therapeutic. in your marriage then. Right. 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 Okay. Because if you stay, it's going to fail. If you stay and yeah, or just throw relatively thoughtless attempts at solutions at it. Okay. Yeah. So this is like uh, planning, hardcore, so, serious commitment. Well, it is because these are these are marriages in a very dire circumstance. Okay. 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 Now, there's some specific success factors that help in therapeutic separation that uh, we've already alluded to some of these. One of them is clear parameters. So that's mm-hmm. clearly defining the details of the separation such as the length, how often you'll be in contact. If there's children, what the arrangements are there and then you stick to those agreements. So as you said before, though, like in a sex addiction context, this would be relevant. In a, an abusive context, the abused spouse might be doing this on their own with the therapist. They may do this on their own. Uh, they may also, you know, if the, there are circumstances in which the children are never threatened by the father. Okay. And he may be quite kind to them and a good influence in their lives. And after the separation, she may come back to make arrangements on the basis on which they'll share the children. I see. If okay. it's safe for her to do so. 
Okay. Uh, second thing, as far as success factors, no lawyers. So bringing in, uh, this is a study from 2005 where they noted that bringing in lawyers or legal proceedings to define the rules of the separation that can make the process much more adversarial. Because now both spouses are trying to compete to get the best terms from the agreement. So mm. you're pitted against each other. Mm-hmm. Lawyers want, you know. They get money from the divorce. They don't get money from you staying together. No, not even so much that. I mean, that's true, but I'm thinking there are people that are geared to win. And this is not oh. about winning. It's about healing. Oh, right? that, okay. I think okay. I'd be more concerned about that. Yeah. So keeping this as a personal agreement rather than a legal one, I mean, you still be clear about it with each other, but it helps avoid blaming each other, helps trying to score points off each other, trying to win instead of trying to heal. Hmm. Okay. And then consider the practical details of the separation because this puts strain on it. So many husbands aren't used to spending time with the children alone. They could be inexperienced in childcare. Some wives may not be used to handling their finances independently if the husband has done all that. So these are details that need to be thought through in order to make it work so that you don't add strain to what should be therapeutic. Some husbands may not be used to handling their finances independently. (laughs) Continued counseling as well is a success factor. See a marriage counselor during this time, individually or even better, together. Depending, again, depends on your case, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, lots of things today. And and I hope this episode has been helpful. We've gone on a little longer, but there's just so many nuanced details. Again, I hope that even in that, though, you've been able to hear that, you know, this, because of the complexity, this is something that you should work through with a professional. And just I want to remind you on that, that this podcast episode is only a self-help tool. And it should not be used in place of working with a qualified marriage therapist. So if you already have a therapist, please talk to him or her about this. Or if you're in need of someone who specializes in this area, not that we specialize in separation, but we specialize in healing marriages, please Mm -hmm. reach out to us through our website. We'll get you set up with uh, one of the associates in our practice who would be most qualified to help with your situation. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you want to add on there, baby? Oh, I still don't know that I'm like all for it, but uh, I can see where there would be situations where it would be necessary and helpful. There's nothing to be gung-ho about here. No. This is a sad, difficult, uh, severe situation. Yeah. Right? It'd be hard to be in this place where you're thinking, I have to do this. And very hard to having people on the outside and churches and so on looking on and judging and and providing comments and not providing support. So it's a good reminder for those Mm. of us who are in on looking on Mm-hmm. to just be more of that listening ear and and to take a step back from condemnation and judgment and what we think people should do and, mm-hmm. and try to be more understanding. These are right. very difficult situations to navigate through. Yeah. Like you don't want to be judgmental on one side, but then you don't want to be all like anti-spouse on the other side. Like yes. if there's a balance in there yes. to try and reach. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you to those of you who became patrons between this recording and the previous one, Teresa and Veronica. Teresa, Veronica. They're all like multi-syllable names. Yes. I have a multi-syllable name, so I appreciate it. Okay. Yes. And a big thank you to SS Minnow from the US who says, top notch, five stars. Thank you for finding a way to make this podcast happen. I know it is a financial sacrifice. I have greatly benefited from the sound research-based advice. Unfortunately, I am part of the 50% of people whose marriages fail. Your podcast has exposed areas in my life that need to be changed and improved. Thank you for holding up a godly standard and living it out in front of us. You have a loyal listener for life. So that's sad and positive at the same time, I guess. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah. But good for you for learning and changing and improving. And not just blaming everything on your spouse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
next week. We're talking about assertiveness in marriage. How to be assertive with your spouse. I need that one. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we will find a different topic. That is all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oyf.link slash 184. 184. Find out how you can help marriages, go to oyf.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.